Hey everybody, welcome to another Bald Move Television, where the officially unofficial podcast for all of television. I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm Jim. And we had a little bit of a light week this week because I was on vacation for most of last week. There is a big holiday weekend coming up here in the States. Um, so we We're binge a lo- watching Stranger Things tomorrow. We're binge watching Stranger Things tomorrow, um, uh, which is exciting. So we didn't have a lot of time to watch new stuff, but there's something else we wanted to be start doing with Bald Move Television, which is maybe talk about some industry news from time to time. Yeah, it's a, something that I'm kind of interested in with all the developments in streaming platforms and and ownership changing hands on those things and. I find that all fascinating, the business side behind the new streaming platforms and traditional media companies. So, Yeah, so we're going to have a, con- a conversation about commercialization of Netflix, and then we're going to talk about the 15-minute short film, The One Reeler, uh, by Tom York and Paul Thomas Anderson, uh, Anima. One Reeler? Yeah, that's uh, the name for like... Cause, but it's not, actually, right? I don't think there was... It's actually shot on film at any time, so yes, that's... But yeah, no, it, it, like it, fifteen minutes was a reel of film. Okay, I, I, yeah, because I, I, okay. it wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past Tom York to be shooting on film. Oh yeah, yeah, or Paul okay. Thomas Anderson for that. But, yeah, either. But either. I, I believe that it would fit on a, a a single reel if they chose to print it on celluloid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we're gonna talk about that. Uh, first up, you had some Netflix commercialization stuff. Uh, I wasn't aware of this debate. Uh, let's let's talk about it. Yeah. So Netflix obviously only has one business model, right? You give them X amount of dollars per month for as many as many DVDs as you'd like to get in the mail. Right. Uh, I think they still have that service. I, I don't even know if they do. Maybe they shut it down. But but more importantly, the number of uh, streaming accounts that you want, simultaneous st- uh-huh. streams, and the resolution. Uh, but it's basically all like, okay, you pay us and we give you the TV content. There are a lot of analysts out there writing articles right now, and I don't know what inspired this. Maybe it's like taking a look at Netflix quarterly profits as of late or something, or the burn rate at which, you know, they're, they're running through their investor money, uh, creating a deluge of new shows. But a lot of analysts have been writing saying Netflix should come up with a an ad supported free tier much like uh traditional television mm. like network mm-hmm. television uh like hulu I, hulu's well, got like the free service no, the less tv less, no hulu no? is like a weird hybrid right don't you pay and still get ads i think there is a limited amount of stuff you can get without paying then there is like the base rate where you have limited commercial interruptions and then you've got the premium where you don't have any of that shit okay but yeah, it's, it's a uh, hybrid. But, but they're saying like an entirely free tier, not yeah. not like a mid tier pay, but also ads. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't necessarily like this idea. I'm not a huge fan of advertising. Although I, I will say, if they implemented something like this, I wouldn't be the customer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm the customer who wants to pay 15 bucks a month and get everything uh, uninterrupted. Mm-hmm. How do you, how do you feel about the idea that Netflix could do this? Well, because they they very much have some thoughts on this as well. I'm broadly speaking fine with a free tier that's supported by commercials um, because I can see a lot of cases for it. You know, Mm -hmm. like uh, I think about people that don't have a lot of money that might be like taking advantage of libraries to like rent, you know, DVDs and books and Blu-rays, I guess now. And, you know, Netflix content's the one thing that like, oh, man, what if I if I if I want to watch Stranger Things and I uh, and, and how do I do that? Um, I think it would I, I guess I don't see the problem except 
what it seems inevitable about this is they'll start double dipping. Mm-hmm. That is if I, if, if I could if I if I could set in stone that they can offer free tier that's commercially supported, but they can't ever for any circumstances show me ads on my 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 paid tier. Yeah, yeah. Then I guess I'd be fine for it. But I just feel like that any corporation. You know, once it gets a taste of this sweet extra profits, they're going to be like, "Well, why not both?" Well, it's weird to me because, like, because it was I, I, I'm young enough to remember when it was controversial to go to a movie theater and see ads, mm-hmm. not trailers, ads yeah. like Coca Cola, buy Chevy, mm-hmm. this hot new, like that's Maria like, Menounos is bullshit. Yeah, like I'm already <laughs> listening, watching this for 20 minutes of like fucking commercials for movies, and now mm-hmm. you're going to be hitting me with this shit. And now no one even thinks twice about it. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's the problem with it is, like, they're going to turn on that spigot and then it's it's just Netflix's own, what, moral conscience that would keep it from double dipping? Right. And that's up against their fiduciary responsibility to shareholders to make more money. Guess which, guess which conviction wins 99% of the time? Yeah, I mean, we're in that scenario right now, though, right? It's really just their conviction because I've heard some thoughts from Netflix themselves saying, we don't really care. We don't, we don't like that so much we're not in the ad supported game um i'm sure it would take a lot of building out on their part on the on the business side for them to you know create an entire like sales branch or or team up with a a sales partner it's probably a lot of business to be done on the back end there but like they seem to be resistant to it even though according to a lot of estimations it would bring in about a billion dollars a year on Netflix content and yeah. and right now we know they're burning through cash yeah. to the tune of like 8 billion dollars every year creating Netflix originals purchasing mm-hmm. licenses for for other content like they could really use some money right yeah i just don't i don't know because a part of me thinks that Netflix has a plan that they're going to like saturate oh, yeah. with all this new content but then they're going to use their algorithms or algorithms to ruthlessly weed out content that's not profitable Mm -hmm. so i actually i think that netflix might be half as big as it is right now or maybe it'll just go through a period of like zero growth as far as content Mm -hmm. a relative growth but um yeah i i i I just i feel like that that's their plan is like they're trying to throw everything against the wall they're gonna see what sticks and they're gonna focus on making the stuff that sticks and I and think then that will fix their burn rate, and they can roll out commercialization. I don't. How? What do you think the ceiling is on Netflix pricing? Too. I think we're getting pretty close to it. I feel honestly. like they could raise it a dollar a year, and for five or six years, and nobody would know. Yeah. Nobody yeah. would. But that's that. That also, like Netflix has done something magical with all this deficit spending, which is put itself on the same plane as HBO. Well, that's the thing that I think has been brilliant about you know spending eight billion dollars a year yeah. beyond their budget or whatever. Uh, they're essentially throwing a gauntlet on everyone else, mm-hmm. saying we're going to kick your ass in the amount of content, and it's all going to be pretty high quality. Yeah. Um, and by the time we run out of the the goodwill from investors or the cash that we have on hand, uh, we will be so far ahead in the yeah. content game that you will then have to do the same to catch up to us mm-hmm. while we're no longer spending that $8 billion right. and we're raking in multi-billions every yeah. year. And to, uh, I think because H- of our back HBO is taking up that gauntlet, it seems. They like are, they and are... I think it's foolish, but... Yeah, it's 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 like um, if Maserati just decided to compete on quantity... Uh-huh. Like our tired tired of these Hyundai's sell outside <laughs> right. of ten to one. We're here's a twenty thousand dollar Maserati. Uh huh. 
Uh, but but I mean, it's tough also when you see you know Netflix winning uh, the same amount of awards or getting nominated for the same amount of of Emmys as yeah HBO or you know Oscars whatever. Yeah. Um, it does. It's feel, interesting. It, it does feel like they're trying to engineer some kind of thing like. We're the only ones that can actually do. That. I don't, but I, I don't, I don't know because like there's so many things like Disney is going to instantly be competing with these guys. Very like, well, this is why I'm, I'm thinking this, this ad thing is weird. Um, a, a weird suggestion for Netflix because honestly, Hulu is the outlier. Hulu is the weirdo in the room, offering a tier that's ad supported on an online streaming platform. Right? I don't know of any other streaming platform that does that. I don't think Disney's going to do it. I'm pretty sure Apple's not going to do it. I know Netflix doesn't. HBO doesn't. CBS doesn't, even though they're in that game on the television side. But uh, to me, so the question is, do you think that everyone will continue to resist that impulse? I don't know. Because like the second one person does it, five are going to do it. And the second five people do it. But Hulu's already doing it and five aren't doing it. That's true. Hulu's like the only one I can think of that actually does it. Yeah, and it's also an open question whether Hulu's going to survive the next five years. Because they are they're not Netflix, they're not Disney, they're not HBO. No, they are Disney now. (laughs) Oh Disney just bought like bought out the rest of it. I think the thirty percent. Did they really? Okay, okay. That they didn't own from Comcast or something. So Hulu will eventually be just absorbed into the Disney product, it seems like. Uh yeah. Unless they have they they might actually see value in keeping like Handmaid's Mm -hmm. Tale, Harlots, things like that. But off the the Disney stream. Because that's why they used to have like Touchstone, right? Like Disney Uh wouldn't make a rated R movie, but they'll own Touchstone that will. You know, so it's like I feel like that maybe Hulu could be well, you don't want you don't want to set your seven year old loose on no. Hulu necessarily, but Disney maybe would they could do that? Keep it PG thirteen and nobody has problems. Yeah, I could see it. Uh, it's just it's interesting because I don't think Netflix game is short term, and and these ad strategies I think are short term views. Like mm. they're analysts, they're investors who are saying they need to do this because it bring in a billion dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Netflix says we don't want to do that because we're building we're building trust and goodwill in our audience for the time when we can't afford to do all the shit we're doing here and putting ads offering an ad free tier uh-huh. is not enough to cover those costs anyway so we're sticking with our current business model which is drown the competition yeah. with high quality content plus i think they just it's been less than a year that they increased their price uh-huh. like i think that they like it would be beho- it, they certainly don't have to do it but behoove them to get like a ways down the right before they start doing stuff like that that looks like it's cons- consumer unfriendly yeah but it's, it's a prestige thing too like once you have like that's what we've been trained that things without commercials are prestigious hbo doesn't have commercials it's yeah. not tv netflix doesn't have commercial like it feels like the second you add ads and i'm fully aware <laughs> It's like I, putting I, I, truck nuts I, I, on your Maserati. But I understand it's like that, that's <laughs> we also do that in our podcast, you know, because we you you know eventually you you, you have to. Uh-huh. Um, but like, yeah, no, like I I think if 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 we if if we could one hundred percent fund Bald Move the way we want it to without commercials, we absolutely would mm-hmm. because that's there's a cachet to that, right? Yeah. Um, but we'd have to get more than like point oh one percent of our audience to, uh, to to join the club before we could do that. I, I don't know. It's to me, I always assume that the way of more money is always going to win because outside of like literal government intervention and every once in a while mass consumer revolt, that's always what happens. Like that's the one. Yeah. It's like gravity. Like assuming things are going to start floating up is is your is a losing bet. Things are going to sink, and I, I just feel like that. 
you know, maybe Hulu can't pull it off yet, but somebody's going to. And as you, as you, it's, it's, I feel you laid it out that like, maybe not today or tomorrow or next month or next year, but like they can make a billion dollars instantly by turning on the spigot. Mm-hmm. They are burning through a lot of cash. There's going to be an equilibrium where they can't sign up a new, enough new subscribers to cover that. And then boom, flip the switch. What do they got to lose? I, I think we're so premature on, on that idea though. Like these analysts see the dollars and they go, well, that makes sense. Let's just fucking do it. And it's a billion and, and dollars, they don't, though, dude. A billion dollars. Yeah, but a billion, a billion dollars. I honestly believe doesn't mean anything to Netflix right now. It's all about c- number of people on your platform. Are you gonna Justin Timberlake and social media me is like, you know what's cooler than a billion dollars? A, a trillion, trillion dollars. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you know what's cooler than a billion dollars? A billion users. Like, yeah. I, I feel like they're building that cachet. They're building the seriousness of Netflix, and that's worth more to them than some i mean you know it's not it is not even it's one eighth Mm -hmm. of the content budget not the budget to run their entire fucking business not not all of their entire operations it's one eighth of their content budget so like what what game does that change the game it changes is allows some users who wouldn't be on their platform to be on their platform but like you said i think it it reduces the cachet of Netflix. Yeah, it and does. you've got, and we're in a, a space here where there are. It's a gold rush in online streaming, mm-hmm. and Netflix wants to be the number one entity. They want to be HBO. I mean, they've said it many times. We want to have the prestige of HBO. Yeah, but I think they also want to do it, you know, as fast as possible. And adding advertisements doesn't seem like the way to go. For it me. might be a strategy to make them like purchase proof, like their catalog has to be worth an enormous amount of money. Like how much would it cost Disney to buy out Netflix at this point? Like, are they trying to like, just like, Hey, we got to get X size to make sure we don't fit in Walt Disney's mouth. So like, (laughs) is that part of the strategy too? Because like, I I don't know. The mouse's mouth keeps getting bigger though. They also, I think this this, this Netflix international, because you think about English speaking audience, which is the primary, you know, I know a lot of people watch Netflix abroad, um, Mm -hmm. you know, American culture, uh, has been dominant for a long time. But it seems to me that I might live in a world before I shuffle off this mortal coil where, like, the Chinese Netflix or Disney or HBO or the Indian Netflix mm-hmm. or HBO might actually be the dominant internet uh, uh, entertainment choice on the planet because... Just sheer numbers, yeah. Yeah, like, uh, and plus, like, once you get that kind of, like, that money has its own gravity, once, like... You know the money starts flowing into like Beijing and 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 mm-hmm. Bollywood instead of Hollywood, then it's going to be more and more. And then you're right, the audiences are already bigger. So and Netflix knows that. And I Netflix watch hell it. fuck like like I watch shit, the Kingdom. You know, I'll I'll, I'll watch. Yeah. I mean, Jin. You've you've got that that other uh, Leia, Middle Eastern Leia? Layla. Yeah, Layla. Yeah. Uh, Netflix knows that. Yeah. Netflix is like we want to also be the we want to be the netflix of india and china and korea and all of the eastern world too right uh before and i know there are services because that's the other thing is like like i I think of like when i start thinking about like like disney and hbo it's like all their moves are i think netflix is smart that they're like a pace or two ahead of everybody else by pushing into these they've been a pace or two ahead of everybody since mail order dvds like yeah right they know what's up with online streaming and they're trying to beat everybody to the punch and that's why they're outspending, you know, more than they can possibly recoup. Yeah, uh, to get to that finish line first. What else do you want to talk about? Netflix uh, and commercialization. 
I, I guess I, I just hope that they don't do it because uh-huh. I do think Netflix is like putting out a lot of really strong content. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, I think that it is worth the price. I guess like if I, you know, were 20 year old me, I'd be like, yes, please do it because I can't afford Netflix. Right. Uh, and I really want to see Santa Clarita die. You, at season well, so three. what would your plus or minus be amount of years before they, do you think there's a chance that Netflix has never commercializes? Cause I no, think, I think I, I would lay a pretty good sum of money that within five years they're, they're doing commercials. Yeah, it could be. Um, I, I'm interested to see how the the streaming, the online streaming thing shakes out in the next five years because I think, like I said, we're in the gold rush period where everybody's got a platform now. Once that stabilizes a little bit, then I think it might be time to start looking at that revenue okay. um, when you don't have to pump out you know, a billion hours of content and act like you're the best television source on the planet. Right, right. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Uh, should we talk about anima? Yeah. So this is a weird little piece that was uh, co kind of co created by uh, Thom York, uh, and it was filmed <laughs> by, Tom, but, by okay. Paul Thomas Anderson. Uh, <laughs> right. And uh, it is based on three songs from York's uh, solo album, hmm. also called Anima. And it's not the news, traffic, and Don chorus. And it, I was expecting something pretty interpretive. Yeah. Um, I wasn't expecting it to be this interpretive. Like the first three or four minutes where it's just people in a subway uh, suffering from narcolepsy. I think it's what okay. they're, they're just literally mm-hmm. just falling asleep over each other. Like I couldn't believe how long that sequence went on. Mm-hmm. And then it just got more and more perplexing. And there's definitely like a... I, I so I, I didn't like it. No, so let, I, let, let this me start is there. Kind of let me stop there, and then what did you think of it? Yeah, I, I don't like it either. I'm this, this art house like weird interpretive cinema is not my type of thing. I think everybody who's been listening for any time knows that mm-hmm. this was no exception. I mean, I can warm up to it. I just uh, I, so my big problem is I don't think York was the gr- the greatest. Uh, so. Did the, is this is this actually a legitimate piece of film that's trying to tell a story and make people feel things, or is this a music video for radio for for well not even Radiohead for for Tom York? Because I was expecting the first, and what I think I got was the latter, and I don't because if it's the first, I don't think Tom's a good enough actor to do the shit that they needed him to do. Like yeah. clearly, Gene. I'm not going to talk about like in, you know I, I think he's a talented artist, but like his face wasn't as, as like like compared to everything going around the lot was like always the least interesting thing and maybe that was part of the point that like he's just kind of like right like zero <laughs> affect every man like i i was just reading this uh this this article on pajiba about like an in-depth review of this and like the shit that they're getting out of this uh is i mean there was a couple cool things like um 
there's this one where he was like in some kind of blank slate and they were clearly tilting the floor doing something weird to, mm-hmm. but it, a very simple effect but the camera was locked on the plane of the floor and it made it look like it was some kind of crazy zero g shit there's there's yeah, a, like a smooth criminal type of thing right yeah and like when i guess that's his wife or partner that he eventually he sees on the subway to begin and then they eventually get together and their heads fuse <laughs> whatever <laughs> the fuck happens uh-huh uh, their heads are planetary objects that that are irresistibly attracted together. Like there's a nice kind of an emotional through line there of like alienation yeah, and it's isolation. It's a romance story, and, sure. And then yeah, uh, so like I I get it. It's just I don't know. I don't. I guess I was expecting more of like a v- visually go for broke film, and what I got was a very high end music video starring the artist. Yeah, and it, I don't know that it does it any favors that I just watched an episode of Legion mm. that was in some ways more interesting and more creative. It's than got this. this kind of batshit crazy stuff with the actual plot. And yeah, I mean it's it's more engaging to me certainly because right. you know that's what I come to television for is like the stories and and to me like having to analyze. I, I mean, it goes back to like what you said. Oh, maybe that's the point of his face not having any emotion in it, right? Like, mm. do I do I want to be thinking like, hmm, am I thinking about this the wrong way in every frame of the thing? Mm-hmm. Like every frame of puzzle? That's not what I'm looking for in my stuff. See, so, I, like, I, as you know, I I can enjoy stuff like that. I know you're much more inclined to, but not this one. Okay, I just like the the. Either the visuals had to be stronger or the ideas or something. It's just like I because like I yeah, I, I can like this stuff, but I guess I like the stuff that's like the very best. Like if it's a won an Academy Award for some weird short film, uh, then yeah, sure, I'll, I'll get on to it. But like, I, I don't know. I again, with the pedigree, I was expecting a lot more. Um, and then also because like it's probably heresy, but I'm not the biggest Radiohead fan in the world. I like their mainstream stuff. I think some of their stuff gets a little weird and out there, yeah. and this feels very weird and out there with visuals. Yeah, it's it's definitely not for me. Um, I got the basic gist of the plot, but everything else was kind of lacking. Uh, I do you want to do do you, do you want to talk more about Anima? Do you want to rip do, it some more for okay, yeah, ten so, minutes? So, no, yeah, I don't. If, if you want to, because there <laughs> no. is some there's some. I, I don't know. I didn't. I never thought it was like mockable. No. It no. was just bizarre and weird, and uh, I, I didn't. I, I guess I didn't get it. I, I might I didn't do feel, Yeah. So, so did I get it? I don't know. I I felt coming away from it there was sort of a romance story of of like sort of the realities of relationships. Like you know, yeah. people people connect and people drift apart. Because I think at the end, he's is he on the train sitting by himself again? I think Dude, we so. kind of end up exactly where we were at the beginning, which is like, and is I don't that know if that was like the death of, of the his partner of life, or is it the fact that you get like, you have or, or ups like and some downs, transience yeah. in a relationship, like, like I, some kind I, of Buddhist meditation. Like, I, I don't fucking know. That's what I was seeing in it, but I'm not really sure what the point of it all was. Right. Right. And it also, it didn't make me feel enough. Cause that's the other thing is like, yeah. if like, um, Honestly, shit, the finale, season finale of uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia was a more successful piece of interpretive <laughs> uh, visual music dance either, but... than, than this. Yeah. But is it, but but would you say it's better than this? <sighs> hmm. 
I mean, Rob Mac- McElerney spent like a year getting his body in that good of shape. What Tom York do? Set, set, I don't know. I don't know. Spent Inge- a lifetime. Face full of Botox or something. And he spent a lifetime addling his brain with drugs. Probably. I don't know. Mm, maybe. Uh, hey, I, you, since you just already dropped it, do you want to? Uh, I got I got my uh, Legion podcast with Jason uh, tonight. Cool. Uh, do you want to talk? I, I wasn't expecting to keep up with the Legion. Do you want to talk some Legion talk? No, no, I've only seen the first episode. Oh, okay. I thought you. Okay, I thought you. Yeah, I don't know why I thought you saw this like two nights ago or whatever. No. But, all right. Well, then never mind. Tune uh, in to Jason's podcast on Podcastica. Yeah. Uh, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely do that because we're going to be recording it and releasing it probably tonight, maybe tomorrow. Um. So yeah, that's Bald Move TV for this week. Hope you guys enjoyed. It's a little bit light on television, but uh, maybe long on industry. And again, if you guys like this, uh, we'll probably be doing more of this kind of like news kind of rundown. We'll be back next week. I haven't had a chance to look at what the slate of stuff that we have to talk about. But we in the in the meantime, I know it's going to be very uh, Stranger Things heavy because we've got all mm-hmm. the Stranger Things to watch over this weekend. We're going to have our coverage complete by early next week. Uh, with a wrap-up podcast probably the week after where we'll consider feedback and whatnot. Uh, that will be over on the Dungeons & Demigorgons pod, uh, podcast feed. If you search for Bald Move, Stranger Things, and any of your favorite pod- podcast app, you'll find it. Uh, but that's going to be preoccupying the most of our time. We also just did a pretty cool, I thought, pretty good review of Spider-Man last night. I enjoyed it. Enjoyed yeah. seeing it. Enjoyed recording it. Um, that's what we got. We'll be back next week. Uh, until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.